Peace be upon you. So I thought that that was an appropriate introduction for today's topic, which is the concept and theme of yesterday in the Quran. And there's a lot of these themes or concepts in the Quran that aren't as apparent when we read it in an English translation. But when you read the Arabic Quran, these themes, they become glaring. Uh, they become hard to miss. Uh, for example, we talked about in the past about the concept of a shirt or an Arabic qams uh, in context to Joseph, that you see that it was the shirt that was uh, taken off and poured for, uh, fake blood on it by the brothers, that it was the shirt that was ripped by the governor's wife, and it was the shirt that restored Jacob's vision. And in English, it's not as apparent as it is in the Arabic. Uh, another one is the concept of throwing and uh, uh, Moses. So we see that Moses, he was to throw down his staff. He was uh, thrown into the river. Uh, he was thrown onto the shore. And the Arabic for this is uh, which is consistently used in the concept uh, of Moses. So there is these words that, again, in the Arabic, it becomes very obvious and in the English isn't as uh, as glaring. Um, and this is the concept of yesterday. In English, you could say the day before, the previous day. But in Arabic, the word for yesterday is only used four times in the Quran. And it's the same word, amsi. And it's written four times as bil amsi, which would translate as in the day before or the previous day. But the concept is always the context of yesterday. So these four occurrences, when we study them, we realize that there is a certain message that God is conveying by using this word. And the first occurrence of this word is in Surah 10, verse 24, where God provides an analogy for this life. And it reads, the analogy of this worldly life is like this. We send down water from the sky to produce with it all kinds of plants from the earth and to provide food for the people and the animals. Then, just as the earth is perfectly adorned and its people think that they are in control thereof, our judgment comes by night or by day, leaving it completely barren, as if nothing existed the previous day. We thus explain the revelations for people who reflect. This word for the previous day is bil-amsi, which again, it means yesterday. That the context is that you have individuals who have everything, uh, they have provisions, they have blessings, they don't have a worry in the world. Then within a span of one day, their entire life is flipped upside down. These things that they took for granted, that they thought that they were in control thereof, that they thought they were the decision makers, they realize that these were all given to them temporarily to see how do they behave. Are they able to maintain righteousness or did they use these provisions only to increase in wickedness? In this world, individuals assume that the natural state of affairs is that they are entitled to God's blessings. This flawed mentality provides a false sense of security and control and is inevitably going to lead to a rude awakening. Under such distorted pretenses, people assume that they cannot do wrong, that they will not be punished for the sins, which is a recipe for disaster. This is the first occurrence of this word yesterday in Arabic, amsi. And the other three occurrences of this word all occur in one surah. And that surah is surah 28 of the Quran entitled History or in Arabic Al-Qasas. Now what makes this so interesting is that the purpose of history 
is for us to study so we don't make the same mistakes in our own lives. By understanding what took place in the past or yesterday, hopefully we can learn from those individuals the mistakes they've made so we don't repeat history again and again. And it's fascinating, it makes it that much more noteworthy that God used the word for yesterday, bil-amsi, three times. This is the only other occurrences aside from Surah 10 verse 24 where God uses this verse. And it is very noteworthy to the occurrences of when this word is used. So the first time that this word is used in this surah, it occurs twice. And uh, it's in the context of Moses when he was living among uh, the elite when he was under the guardianship of Pharaoh, uh, that he went out into the city to see what's going on. And the occurrence of Bil-Amsi occurs twice in verse 18 and 19 of Surah 28. But for context, we're going to read starting from verse 15 to verse 21. And it reads, Once he entered the city unexpectedly, so this is Moses, without being recognized by the people, he found two men fighting, one was a Hebrew from his people, and the other was an Egyptian from his enemies. The one from his people called on him for help against his enemy. Moses punched him, killing him. He said, this is the work of the devil. He is a real enemy and a profound misleader. He said, my Lord, I have wronged my soul. Please forgive me. And he forgave him. He is the forgiver most merciful. He said, My Lord, in return for your blessings upon me, I will never be a supporter of the guilty ones. So far, what we've understood is that Moses had to go out to his people without being recognized. He was a form, you can imagine that this constitute that he was some form of a celebrity of his time, that he was amongst the people without being recognized, and he did such a courageous act. Now, despite that, the devil took advantage of the situation and resorted to Moses punching the individual, killing him unlawfully. And Moses, for this, he repents to God. And it continues in verse uh, 18. It reads, In the morning he was in the city afraid and watchful. The one who sought his help yesterday asked for his help again. Moses said to him, You are really a troublemaker. Before he attempted to strike their common enemy, he said, Oh Moses, do you want to kill me as you killed the other man yesterday? Obviously, you wish to be a tyrant on earth. You do not wish to be righteous. A man came running from the other side of the city saying, Oh Moses, the people are plotting to kill you. You better leave immediately. I'm giving you good advice. He fled the city afraid and watchful. He said, My Lord, save me from the oppressive people. So we see that in verse 18 and 19, that Moses is being referenced to what took place the day before, that he st struck someone, he punched them and killed him, and he was about to commit the same transgression again, that he didn't learn from his lesson despite being in a state of fear, despite trying to be recluse and hiding from the people, that he was about to commit the same transgression a second time. How quickly did Moses' life get completely flipped upside down? Within a single day, he went from being one of the most prominent members in society, being raised by Pharaoh as royalty, to becoming a fugitive, having to flee for his life, leaving everything behind. This is the power of contemplating yesterday. That one day, you're going to have everything. 
Everything is going to be working out for you by God's leave. You're going to have blessings. You're going to have status. But if we become unappreciative, if we commit transgressions, we risk losing it all. Now, the last occurrence of the word yesterday in the Arabic Quran, Bil Amsi, it occurs in Surah 28, verse 82. And this time it's about Karun. And for context, we're going to read starting from verse 76. And we read Karun, the slave driver, was one of Moses' people who betrayed them and oppressed them. We gave him so many treasures that the keys thereof were almost too heavy for the strongest band. His people said to him, do not be so arrogant. God does not love those who are arrogant. This expression that the keys thereof were uh, almost too heavy for the strongest band. Again, in English, a band could be a physical band like a keychain, or it could be a band of people. And when we look at the Arabic, we see that the word is bil usbati. And this means a band or a group of people. We see this uh, word used in Surah 12, uh, verse 8, in the context of Joseph's brothers being in the majority. And then again in 12, verse 11, where uh, Joseph's brothers are talking to Jacob and saying that if the wolf devours them with so many of us around, you see the same word used. And in Surah 24, verse 11, in the context of the big lie uh, that a gang among them have produced uh, regarding um, an event that took place in the past. So this context is that there is a band of people that can't lift uh, Karun's keys. Now, what does that mean? Today, when we think of keys, we think of them in the form that fit in our pocket. But back then, these weren't the keys that were used. Uh, there was two forms of keys uh, that were predominantly used. One is a giant log that serves as kind of a barrier for a door uh, that requires literally a group of people to be able to lift, to apply, and to remove. The other one is actually, it's called an Egyptian tumbler pin. And this is the first uh, artifact we have of a modern key, which is really interesting. It's a giant piece of wood that has carvings out of it that functions like a normal key, but the size of this thing isn't something that you just casually carry around. So either one of these keys that Karun had, they were so many and so heavy that the strongest men, group of men, couldn't lift them on their own. And it continues in Surah 28, verse 77, where the believers are talking to the individuals who are uh, glorifying uh, Karun. It says, Use the provisions bestowed upon you by God to seek the abode of the hereafter without neglecting your share in this world. Be charitable as God has been charitable towards you. Do not keep on corrupting the earth. God does not love the corruptors. He said, so this is Karun's response, I attained all this because of my own cleverness. Did he not realize that God had annihilated before him generations that were much stronger than he and greater in number? The annihilated transgressors were not asked about their crimes. One day he came out to his people in full splendor. Those who preferred this worldly life said, Oh, we wish that we possess what Karun has attained. Indeed, he is very fortunate. As for those who are blessed with knowledge, they said, Woe to you! God's recompense is far better for those who believe and lead a righteous life. None can attain this except the steadfast. We then caused the earth to swallow him and his mansion. No army could have helped him against God. He was not destined to be a winner. 
those who were envious of him the day before, Bil-Amsi, said, Now we realize that God is the one who provides for whomever he chooses from among his servants and withholds. If we're not for God's grace towards us, he could have caused the earth to swallow us too. We now realize that the disbelievers never succeed. We see in this example that one day, Karun is top of the world. Everyone is envying him. He is treated as a celebrity status. He has all the, the fame, the money, the women. He has everything. But within one day, God caused this to be wiped out, caused the earth to swallow him and his mansion. That Karun went from being the envy of the people to being completely annihilated within one day. All his wealth, status, authority that he possessed just the day before was only used against him to confirm his sinfulness and ultimately cause his destruction. So now when we read Surah 10 verse 24, we can better appreciate the analogy that God provides through these examples of both Moses and Karun, where within a single day, everything they had the day before was completely taken away from them. But while they both made the same mistake and suffered the consequences, God redeemed one because of his righteousness, and he annihilated the other for his lack thereof. Because despite Moses overstepping his authority, at least he used the blessings God bestowed upon him to fight for the less fortunate, while Karun used his wealth only to increase in arrogance and oppress those who were weaker than him. So when we read Surah 10 verse 24, it says, The analogy of this world is like this. We send down water from the sky to produce with it all kinds of plants from the earth and to provide food for the people and the animals. Then, just as the earth is perfectly adorned and its people think that they are in control thereof, our judgment comes by night or by day, leaving it completely barren, as if nothing existed the previous day. Bil-Amsi. We thus explain the revelations for people who reflect. This proves that no one is above the law. But if we are righteous, God can use these opportunities as a lesson for us to fix our ways and grow in righteousness. Moses made a mistake when he punched and killed the individual. And he uh, repented for it and God forgave him. But he was about to commit the same transgression the following morning. Obviously, God knew that there was goodness, righteousness in Moses, that his heart was in the right place. But nevertheless, he had to have learned a lesson to be able to control his anger. We read in uh, following verses that this was a problem that Moses had and what a lesson that he learned. And from this, God can take something bad and transform it to something good. But again, it shows that no one is above the law. In Surah 4 verse 123, it says, it is not in accordance with your wishes or the wishes of the people of the scripture. Anyone who commits evil pays for it and will have no helper or supporter against God. One of the tactics that the devil utilizes to get us to go astray from the right path is that he will try to make us forget. We see this in an example in Surah 6 verse 68 where it says, If you see those who mock our revelations, you shall avoid them until they delve into another subject. If the devil causes you to forget, then as soon as you remember, do not sit with such evil people. That despite this being a tool in the devil's arsenal that he can use against us, that he's not allowed to 
go above and beyond the limits that God sets, that ultimately God is the one who's in absolute full control of everything. What we realize from these examples, though, is that the time when the devil can get us, get the best of us with this tactic of making us forget, is when we feel like we have everything, when we feel like we are in control, when we feel like we are at the top of the world, because he did it to Moses and he did it to Karun. And at these crucial times, if the devil causes us to forget that we run the risk of losing everything, be it temporarily in the case of Moses, only to be rebuilt to become more righteous and fix the errors of our way, or be it like Karun, who had no other choices, that he used the provisions bestowed upon him only to repel from the path of God and to increase in arrogance. So therefore, if we're blessed like Moses, God will allow us to learn from these experiences. But if we are arrogant like Karun, then an event like this will forever seal our fate. We read in Surah 32 verse 21, it says, We let them taste the smaller retribution of this world before they incur the greater retribution of the hereafter, that they may take a hint in reform. So God is informing us that these instances, they occur for us to grow from, for us to learn from, that if we have these deficiencies, be it anger management, be it lust, that God allows us to slip in order to rebuild us better than we were before. And it continues in verse 22, it says, Who is more evil than one who is reminded of these revelations of his Lord? Then insist upon disregarding them. We will certainly punish the guilty. We have given Moses the scripture. Do not harbor any doubt about meeting him. And we made it a guide for the children of Israel. It's interesting that this is referencing after saying that we let them taste a small retribution that it's referencing Moses description to the children of Israel now if we contrast this to surah 6 verse 44 it says when they thus disregard the message given to them so these are people who do not take heed they do not learn from these smaller retributions it continues we open for them the gates of everything then just as they rejoice in what was given to them we punish them suddenly they become utterly stunned. The wicked are thus annihilated. Praise be to God, Lord of the universe. God is telling us that if we don't take heed, if we don't learn from these mistakes, that when we're on top and we become arrogant or we become perceived that we are the ones in control, that if we don't learn when we get knocked down, then we're destined to be doomed for all of eternity. God allows these events to take place in our life for us to build humility, to realize that God is the one who's in control, that God is the one who's doing everything, that any good we have in this world is strictly because of God. It continues in 646, it says, Say, what if God took away your hearing and your eyesight and sealed your minds? Which God other than God can restore these for you? Note how we explain the revelations and note how they still deviate. Say, what if God's retribution came to you suddenly or after an announcement? Is it not the wicked who incur annihilation? These are wake-up calls for us. In this world, we are going to slip. You take someone as righteous as Moses, that despite that, he still made errors. And God created a system by which he can redeem him, which he can purify him. And these are not simple, easy tests. 
that when they happen, these are times when people, they regress, they become despondent. But we have to trust in God's system, that God is ultimately in control. In Surah 4, verse 78 and 79, we read, Wherever you are, death will catch up with you. Even if you live in formidable castles, when something good happens to them, they say, this is from God. And when something bad afflicts them, they blame you. Say, everything comes from God. Why do these people misunderstand almost everything? And it continues in verse 79, it says, anything good that happens to you is from God. Anything bad that happens to you is from you. We have sent you as a messenger to the people, and God suffices as witness. All the blessings we have in this world is because of God. While any hardship we face is because of our own deficiencies, that God is utilizing these events to purify us, to elevate us, to allow us to better ourselves. But if we don't take heed and we continue to blunder and we continue to make the same mistakes, then our inevitable destiny is that we will be annihilated, foregoing this last chance we have in this world to redeem ourselves. Another way you can think about this is that if we were perfect, if we had no deficiencies, if we were completely appreciative, committed 100% to God, there would be no point in suffering any kind of hardship. There would be no point in being tested. We would be no different than the angels. God tells us in Surah 4 verse 147, it says, What will God gain from punishing you if you became appreciative and believed? God is appreciative, omniscient. That the purpose we go through these hardships, the purpose we go through this purification process is because God sees potential in us and he allows us to go through these events in order that we can better ourselves, in order that we can purify our souls to be able to get a higher status in the hereafter. And this is more priceless than anything else if we understand God's system, that any hardship we face is because of our own deficiency, that if we put 100% trust in God, if we become these ideal submitters, then we are guaranteed, destined, a perfect life in this world and in the hereafter. So God willing, let's learn from our mistakes in the past, the mistakes we made yesterday. Let's learn from the history and the mistakes that were made by individuals and realize that this world in one day is going to come to an end, that within one day, God is going to transform everything. And the only thing we're going to have to rely on is the righteous work we did in this world. So let's learn from yesterday and build a better day for us today and forever into the future. God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments or questions, please hit us up at crontalk at gmail.com. If you guys want an awesome word-by-word -word translation of the Arabic Quran, check out the Quran Study app on the iOS App Store or quranstudyapp.com for the website. And if you guys like the podcast, then please share it, leave us a review, give us some feedback. It would be much appreciated. Until next time, peace and God bless. I need a place to hide away.